0: You're listening to Take Time to Believe, episode number four, Emotions Are Healthy. You've been taught your whole life that the worth of souls is great in the sight of God, so why don't you feel that way? With voices inside your head telling you you need to do more, you should be better, and despite your best efforts, you keep falling short. I'm your host, Alicia Hall. I'm a certified life coach through the Life Coach School and a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. I can help you finally tune into that love and worthiness that you desire and deserve, even when life experiences make it seem impossible. Hello, everybody. Before we get started on talking about emotions, I understand that there's a lot of resistance to discussing emotions. You probably have ideas of what emotions are that are preventing you from feeling comfortable feeling them, uh, let alone discussing them. And I know some of you might feel some shame with some of the emotions that you feel, or you think that emotions might be pointless or that emotions mean that you're weak in some way, shape or form. It's okay if you do, because I certainly did. That is until I learned what an emotion really is and the amazing benefits, blessings, even miracles that have come from learning not to be afraid or ashamed of feeling my emotions and learning the skill of how to process through them. My goal in this episode is that you can come away with a new perspective and a skill that will help you to put this into practice that will not only help you feel greater peace and joy in your life, but also to help you connect with Christ in a way that you never have before. So let's get started. Do you ever have moments in your life? I'm sure you do because you're a human and we're all human and we have moments where our minds are just spinning out where we feel like everything's just kind of out of control or feeling out of control, that everything you try to do is just not working out. Um, You might find yourself in the place of worry, stress, fear, overwhelm, shame, anxiousness. Um, Maybe you're finding yourself eating when you're not actually hungry or busying yourself, um, doing extra things around the house or running around places, just feeling kind of in a rush or a hurry. Or maybe you're binge watching TV, or perhaps maybe you find yourself a little bit short tempered and start yelling all the time, maybe not all the time, but more often than you would prefer. All of this is an indication that you have emotions that are being ignored and that need to be processed. Don't beat yourself up for not knowing how to process emotions because most of us grew up learning that It is our goal to feel happy all the time. The world tells us that we should be happy. We should buy this thing. We should eat this food. We should drink this drink because it will make you feel happy. We should go on this trip or take this vacation so that we can feel relaxed, peace and joy and happy. And that if you're not happy, then something's probably gone wrong or there's something wrong with you and you need to fix or change it so you can feel happy. I think we've all fallen subject to giving into buying or trying or changing things in our lives in hopes that we will feel better, but still don't actually feel that joy or happiness that we desire, maybe temporarily and in the moment, but not lasting. You might be wondering if it's even possible to feel lasting joy, especially during times of trial and challenges, but I am here to tell you that it is. And I'm not referring to faking it or pretending to think positive thoughts all the time. It's actually the very idea that you must or should be happy that prevents you from experiencing true happiness, especially when life isn't going the way you thought it would. This is because true happiness comes from accepting what is instead of resisting it. And it isn't what happened that you are resisting. It is the emotion that you are feeling that you are trying to avoid. So most of us would rather avoid or resist our emotions because that's what we were taught to do. And this looks like pretending that you don't feel a certain way, telling yourself you shouldn't feel a certain way, or that it's bad to feel the way that you do. Maybe you're talking yourself out of feeling how the the way that you feel. And this is a learned habit, probably from being told to, toughen up or to be tough or get over it, but this only causes your emotions to fester, um, or be suppressed. And the more that you do this, you end up with what we call trapped emotions, and they can also come out in ways of yelling, deep depression or anxiety, um, even physical pain in your body. Continuing to ignore how you feel can cause you to also numb out. So you don't your emotions. And a lot of people will turn to substances to help them do this like drugs or drinking, even sex. But what you need to understand is all emotions are normal and healthy and are all a part of the human experience. Yes. God created us to experience every emotion, the good and the bad, the negative and the positive. He wanted it to be 50, 50 opposition in all things. When God created the earth, he created both darkness and light and called it good. It is the lack of understanding of what emotion is that is preventing you from allowing and feeling it. So perhaps you were also taught to react in your emotions. Maybe you believe that this is how you express how you feel but reacting only escalates and creates more problems. You were also likely told to be careful with what you say or do. So you don't hurt someone's feelings. And this leads to blaming others for how you feel and believing that they're responsible for making you feel better. I believed this for a long time. I truly believed that how people treated me were the cause of the way that I felt and that, that, they didn't change their behaviors or apologize try to make amends, try to make me feel better. And I would never feel better. Have you ever found yourself in a position where maybe you were, you got out of a relationship or they, they'd said something hurtful or painful and you're left in suffering and in pain, but they go on with their life as if they haven't even been affected, as if they aren't even aware of how you feel. That's what I'm talking about. Blaming other people for the way that you feel or believing they're responsible for how you feel and waiting for them to change their behaviors or come back to apologize, to try to fix it so that you can feel better, but it doesn't work that way. This is not taking responsibility or ownership of your own emotions, which can lead you to feeling bitter and angry and stuck. Anger is a secondary emotion that comes out when you're feeling out of control or not in charge of the way that you're feeling. It's a secondary emotion because behind the anger that you feel is another emotion. Usually emotion of fear, worry, even sadness. Reacting in anger, isn't expressing how you feel. It's an indication that you're pushing back or resisting the truth of what you feel because you have resisted it for so long. You become guarded and defensive, which leads you to feel angry angry because you let someone hurt you or because you feel you're out of control of your emotions, that someone else is responsible for your emotions by what they do or say, or their choices or how they treat you. You aren't responsible for how someone feels. You can't control that. If you could, then every single person would feel the same way, no matter what happens. Now, this doesn't mean that you should just do or say whatever you want to, without caring about how it might impact somebody else, because you are always responsible for your choices, how you respond and how you react, but you can maintain control of your reactions by learning how to allow and process through your emotions. As I mentioned in the last episode, when your thoughts feel true, it's because you have a strong emotion tied to it. Now, for example, I have a child right now who's going through a phase, um, with an all or nothing concept. Okay. They came up to me and they were asking for a snack. And because it was almost dinner time, I didn't give them that snack in the moment. And because they couldn't have that snack in the moment as they wanted it, they went straight into yelling and screaming and throwing a fit, yelling out words like, I never get what I want. Everybody hates me. I should have never been born in this stupid family. A lot of strong emotions here. When this child was able to calm down, I was able to do what I call seek to understand what was really bothering them. Um, Some of you, might have a desire to yell back in this kind of moment. I get it. I did it too. But this comes from feeling out of control. Your child is upset and saying mean things and subconsciously you believe this upset child is responsible for now how you are feeling. A person can't feel happy and content one moment and instantly feel angry and upset the next. It just doesn't work that way there's a gap between the two emotions and you can learn to bridge that gap by staying curious and finding out the root cause or the thoughts that created the outburst thoughts like they're so ungrateful or they disrespect me and they shouldn't. And now you're responding to them in the way that they were to you. So after helping my child identify the emotion that they were feeling By telling them, I can see that you're feeling upset. I could then ask them why they're feeling this way to which they responded because I didn't give them the snack that they wanted. There's the blame. And then I can ask them, why is this a problem for you that I didn't give you the snack in this moment? I was able to learn that my child experienced a moment at school earlier that day where another kid wouldn't share a toy that they wanted to play with. And that the same kid called my child stupid. Now I understand my child's outburst and choice of words, not letting them have the snack, giving them what they wanted, triggered a memory that generated the same emotions. My child acted out defensively through anger. There's that brain doing its job in protecting my child from feeling that painful emotion. And trying to take control of the outcome that they wanted. They made my objection to their snack mean that I also think that they are stupid. And behind the anger and defensive outburst, we discovered the emotion of sadness, even rejection. The association a child makes is so fascinating. Their little brains can't connect that not getting what you want doesn't mean that they're stupid or that we don't like them. But an adult can. And it comes from learning to take responsibility for your emotions. Now, before you go on assuming that I'm always calm and collective and never raise my voice at my kids, think again. Remember, I'm still human too. And I definitely have my moments. I can't always control my kids and I'm still learning to be in control of me. But having this kind of awareness does allow me to check in with myself with curiosity and compassion so that I can understand why I reacted the way that I did so that I can then increase my awareness of my thoughts. And when I increase the awareness of my thoughts, I can decide more intentionally how I want to respond right now in the moment that might look like go and talk with my child, apologize to them for raising my voice at them, letting them know they didn't deserve that and assuring them that I love them. And then I can decide ahead of time how I want to respond next time they're in an outburst and I don't want to react in that moment. I have noticed also that I can respond with greater control of my own emotions when I'm not already in a negative mindset about myself. All emotions are healthy and are a great source of information of what you are believing. However, there are some emotions that just aren't useful. These emotions are called indulgent emotions and they're emotions like stress, worry, overwhelm, confusion, and anxiety. These are the emotions that you can remain stuck in until you break the cycle of identifying what is the fact of the situation and what are your thoughts. This is why you're afraid of remaining stuck in emotions because your brain spins out to prove your thoughts to be true and therefore intensifies and escalates the emotion that you're feeling as your thought becomes true. When you feel an indulgent emotion, your brain will continue to feed you the evidence of your thoughts. And you have every reason to feel the way that you do similar to the story that I shared last week about getting items to my son so that he doesn't end up malnourished on his mission. I was acting out in a place of worry as if my son was already suffering and being malnourished, but he's not identifying the fact helps me pull away from those indulgent emotions, that emotion of worry, and then move into a more rational mindset that helps me make decisions in the moment. Instead of fretting over something that isn't happening, helping me see the truth of what is instead of um, believing an exaggerated story of what isn't. If you are having a difficult time, not believing the thoughts Um, that you have, if your thoughts feel true to you, then this is an indication that you have an emotion that needs to be felt and processed through. I've had clients say to me that the word, if they feel an emotion, that they will stay stuck in it. And I get it. It doesn't feel good to feel painful, negative emotions. It's uncomfortable even. And this is why we avoid them, but it is through feeling your emotions that you can move through them. You won't remain stuck in an emotion that you're willing to feel because all it needs is your attention and love so that it can feel heard. And then it will dissolve on its own. It's the resisting, the feeling and emotion that causes you to stay stuck in it. An emotion is simply a vibration that you feel throughout your body. That is generated from your thoughts. This vibration is different than a sensation. Because the sensation starts in your body and then sends a signal to your brain, letting you know that that part of your body needs attention, like stubbing your toe or feeling hunger. The vibration from your motion or feeling is going to be central to your chest, a heaviness or a tightness. You may also feel knots or butterflies in your stomach, a tightness in your throat, maybe tension in your shoulders or your back or neck. Um, especially if you haven't just completed a workout, all of these are indications of emotions, emotions that are trapped within your body that need to be processed. You don't need to worry about processing them all at once and getting to work to doing that. Your body will let you know what you're ready to process. Your body's really good at this. It knows how to keep you alive. It knows how to keep you functioning and well, it will let, you know, trust your body Your body holds on to emotions like a memory. Um, If something happens, you have thoughts about it, and then emotions are generated that align with what you're thinking. And if you disregard the emotion, then it can become trapped. So the only way to heal it is to go through it, to feel it and to allow it. This process is similar to meditation, the practice of silencing the mind and going inward observing how you feel within yourself i like to start in my chest and simply noticing how i'm breathing is it difficult to breathe um and am i taking short shallow breaths or am i able to take deep long breaths also the pace of my breathing am i breathing really fast and heavy or long and slow the practice of watching your breathing is the first step in learning how to process through an emotion you might be thinking who has time to sit and watch themselves, themselves breathe. This thought is coming from a scarcity mindset, a fear of not having enough time for all the things that you want to do and accomplish. So I want to give you some insight that might help you with this. First of all, you always have enough time for the things that you make time for second When you are feeling rushed or in a hurry, you are out of alignment with the truth of who you are. It's an indication that you're ignoring you. Okay. The Lord is never in a rush or in a hurry. Everything happens at exact, at the exact moment it needs to. So allowing yourself to surrender the control of when things have to get done and allowing yourself to accept where you are, trusting that you will have the time to do every needful thing most especially when you take time to be still as it reads in Psalms forty six ten, be still and know that I am God. I know from personal experience, the times that I spend being still and focused on my personal self-care and connecting with God that he multiplies all the other things that I needed or wanted to accomplish that day he helps me somehow miraculously just get them done. Maybe I'm just extra focused, but he makes up the difference. Your being in a rush or in a hurry is an indication that you are neglecting what you really need and time to come back to that present moment. It is in the present moment that you will find peace, that you will feel connected with Christ, and that you will live into the capacity of what you can accomplish. Processing emotions doesn't have to take long, but it does involve you being present. Sometimes I'll process emotions while I'm driving a car or doing the dishes or cooking, even while I'm doing exercising, especially yoga, by placing my focus on what I'm feeling within me. You can also practice being present while doing other things. And this looks like instead of allowing your mind to wander off in thought, you can hyper-focus on the tasks that you're doing and simply observe through your senses what you're experiencing in that present moment. So for example, if I'm cooking dinner or washing dishes, I can watch myself and be present with chopping or stirring um, or even scrubbing. I can be aware of what I'm smelling or tasting, what I'm feeling, um, seeing if I can identify flavors or smells that I put into the food, learning the skill of being present will only increase your ability to process your emotions and to tune into the spirit within you. So taking the time to process an emotion is not only healing, it brings you peace and a new perspective, but also helps you to live in the present moment more fully staying connected with your spirit and helping you live into who you desire to be more intentionally. So instead of reacting, you are able to respond, to take a breath before you speak, to think before you react. So an example, of what this might look like to allow an emotion and to live in the present moment is when you find yourself starting to get upset or angry, being present is learning to observe what's taking place in your body, noticing what this emotion feels like. For me, it's a stronger vibration. Um, anger is, is a stronger vibration that's filled with heat, like boiling or rolling up my chest and my arms, um, up my throat and then kind of bursts out through the words or screaming out of my mouth. And instead of this burst or instead of allowing this burst to happen and saying mean and hurtful things that I don't really mean and that I regret later, I can notice the vibration. Notice how I'm feeling inside my body. Um this is called being the observer of what's happening within you, okay? So we have the watcher of your thoughts and we have the observer of your body, of your emotions. This is where you can observe and watch what your emotion does within you. See if you can picture a color to your emotion. Locate it in your body. Does it have a color? Do you notice? Um, is it heavy? Is it light? Is it dense? Is it hard? Is it tight? Um, does it have a texture? Is it spiky? Is it smooth? Is it, is it rough? Uh, for me, anger is like I said, like boiling, it's a blackish red and similar to rolling deep, heavy clouds, like heavy rain clouds. It consumes first in my chest. Um, and then sort of rumbles through my arms and my stomach and my throat. I'm um, creating this kind of uncomfortable um, tension and tightness. But as I simply watch it and I allow it to be there without shame or judgment, but I just allow it to be there, then I'm allowing myself to experience the emotion. I'm now being in control of myself with it. I'm also in a way controlling the emotion by simply observing it, simply observing what's happening within my body, experiencing what this emotion feels like without any repercussions of letting it have control over me. I'm not acting out in it. I'm just simply observing it. Okay, this will give you an opportunity to be curious as to why you're feeling this way, what it is that you're needing. Because all emotions are a source of information, information of what you're believing, what thoughts you have, and information of what you are needing in the moment. Sometimes, honestly, I like to talk to my emotions. I help my clients talk to their emotions. Maybe sometimes we'll give an emotion a name and we'll just stay curious about it. We can ask the emotion, what are you protecting me from? What do I need to know? Is there something that, is there information you have for me? Is there something you need me to know? And then you just kind of listen. Like I said, your body knows what you need and it will tell you exactly what it needs. You don't need to force anything. You don't need to wish your emotion away. Just be with it as if it were a young child that needs your attention and love. Let it just express what it needs and what it's feeling and allow yourself to just sit with it. I also like to compare emotions to a beach ball where you're in the water and you're trying to push the beach ball underwater that is resisting the emotions. But if you just allow the beach ball we'll pretend the beach ball is representation of your emotions to sit on the water, to just float on top of the surface and just watch it, just observe it, notice it, notice what it does. And eventually it will dissolve away. And this is what happens with your emotions. You never have to force it. You don't want to force it because that's just resor- resisting it, but just simply watching it, will give it the opportunity to have the time that it needs and the attention that it needs. And it can be a great source of information so that you can meet your needs. You will identify what you need. And once you do, you can give yourself that compassion and love because ultimately that's really what it comes down to. We are really hard on ourselves as humans, and we don't often give ourselves that grace, that compassion and love that our bodies really need. That our souls need and that compassion and love can look like talking to yourself the same way that you would talk to a friend who is coming to you with the same thoughts or struggles you would offer them comfort and support encouragement love and validation not judgment you wouldn't say to your friend you shouldn't feel this way you should just get over this you would validate your friend it makes sense you feel this way of course this is hard for you i would feel angry too You're allowing them to feel the way that they do. You're holding space for them from a place of love without judgment and shame. And that's really all you need to do for yourself. This place of compassion and self-love is what the savior would do for you. And I believe he wants us to learn to do this for ourselves too. As I have done this work, I have learned that I often don't have to do this for myself because it's in those moments that I'm allowing how I truly feel and observing what's going on and staying curious as to what I'm needing. The spirit meets me there. And I don't really believe that it's the motion doing all the talking. I believe it's my own spirit and my soul, that spirit within me, that's helping me to see the truth of what I need. And the ability to give myself compassion is coming from the spirit being connected with Christ and being open to receiving his compassion and love and grace helping me to see the truth of who I am and the way that he sees me, giving me insight and perspective of what's most important. It is when we are true and honest with how we feel that he can meet us there. He loves honesty and he already knows how we feel. And he doesn't judge us. He doesn't condemn us. He's already atoned for everything. He wants to meet us there. He went through everything so he would know how to comfort us, know how to succor us. And that's where he can meet us when we're being honest with how we feel instead of pretending that we don't feel that way. It is at this point that the motion that you felt was so strong and heavy before has grown light, dissolved, and replaced with peace and love. Um, Going along with the scripture, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Doing this work allows me to take on new thoughts that I can move forward with and to take action from. These thoughts will feel natural and aligned with the truth of who I am. And I'm going to feel empowered and motivated. I don't have to force them because they are already a part of me. I've only forgotten because of the false beliefs that I've taken on throughout my life that prevented me from seeing what's true. Christ is the true source of peace. He's the prince of peace. As human beings, we're either operating from a place of love or from a place of fear. Fear comes from believing the lies in our head. The author of fear is the adversary, but love comes from listening to truths from our hearts. You are love. God is love, and you are made from his love. He allows us to experience the opposition, to gain greater understanding, and to give us an opportunity for choice and for growth to have the full human experience. Allowing your emotions gives you awareness of what you're believing and a choice to believe something different. It is through allowing what you feel that the savior can meet you there in your most vulnerable, honest place so that you can feel his grace, love, and compassion, which is the exact opposite of what the adversary offers us as he would have us judge ourselves or to shame um, and stay stuck in the way that we feel shaming ourselves for feeling that way. But it is through compassion that you can move into love. And when you feel love, you are living from your highest and truest self. And you will begin to believe that you are always enough. If you like what you heard today, I invite you to join my coaching program, Always Enough, where I will help you take a look at the beliefs that are holding you back in your life, preventing you from feeling That peace, confidence, and joy that you desire. Just go to my website, alishahallcoaching.com and sign up for a free mini coaching session today.